Hello and welcome to another episode of the Theo Keeps Talking podcast, where you may laugh or you may learn, available on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. My name is Theo, and the most important question of the day, how are you all doing? Last week, I took some time to address the amount of anti-Asian attacks and discrimination occurring not only in America, but across the world. I wanted to be an ally in the best way that I could. So personally, that episode meant a lot to me. And I hope that that could be, you know, the starting point for a dialogue that some people may not have had yet, or just a good reference point in case you wanted to learn more about the situation. Today's a fun one. I have brought on my second guest, Mr. Sheelan Shaw. Say hello, good sir. Hey, Theo. How's it going, man? Good, good. And we'll be talking about a whole manner of things today, and I'm very much looking forward to it. For the recommendation section today, as far as music goes, in back-to-back weeks, it's Over Here by Party Next Door featuring Drake, Concord by Gregory Porter, Babies and Fools by Freddie Gibbs featuring Conway the Machine, and Last Time by Giveon featuring Snow Allegra. As far as shows go, Attack on Titan is so, so good. Wifey and I blazed through it. We started like two weeks ago, and we're on episode like 62 of a possible 70, I think. And we're going to fully catch up this weekend, no doubt about it. And Snowfall on Hulu is really good as well. I started that since the new season just started up again, and I wanted to catch up. So, so far, so good. Now, to introduce our special guest today, he is a charismatic, distance-running, volleyball-playing, hot-take artist and meme expert, none other than Sheelan Shaw. Welcome to the show. Wow, they are quite the intro. Uh, try to live up to the high expectations here. But hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Sheelan Shah. So I graduated college in 2018 from the College of New Jersey. I was an accounting major, so super fun guy here. Um, and I've been working since, and I currently I'm an auditor, but I also did some financial planning and analysis before that. So, you know, some very corporate type of life i guess (laughs) but um yeah i guess i I guess i'll go through my recommendations theo um so yeah i I don't have a quite a wide breadth of music as theo does but my favorite band is the gorillas and they dropped an album in 2020 called song machine has a few pretty good songs from it um desolate would be one of my favorites and then valley of the pagans with beck is uh, also quite a banger but otherwise, I listen to almost everything that you know isn't country, like you know, so some EDM. Uh, usually, listen to that a lot. Uh, some rap, hip hop when I'm in the mood. Even some like hard rock or dubstep if I'm trying to lip, lift or something. Um, and then recently, I got weirdly into drum and bass, which is super good when you're running or doing something really fast. And then lo-fi uh, when I try to like study or just mellow out or just need some background noise in the car. Movie-wise, I haven't watched anything super recently, but 
So I rewatched them. I, I watched them like old ones that I always wanted to cross off my list. So American Psycho and then No Country for Old Men. I've grown really attached to uh, movies with really good villain characters. So if you ever watch Skyfall as well, like that's one of my favorite villain characters. Um, and yeah, I guess that just stemmed from uh, watching Thanos f everything up and Marvel. So I guess it, I guess it's a fun fun character development. I like uh, TV show wise. Uh, I've actually binge watched WandaVision, uh, all seven episodes in one day, and it was quite a ride. Like if you're someone who enjoys Marvel. It is something so imperative that you need to watch. And then otherwise, you know, big fan of True Detective, uh, Succession, BoJack, Horseman, and Mad Men. All these shows I watched over quarantine that were just so, so good and really, like, really aged well. Um, Social media-wise or YouTube-wise, you know, I watch a lot of food YouTube. So, like, Matt Stoney and Binging with Babish or... Babish Culinary Universe, as he calls it now. Super nice food food type of videos, and I've learned a, like a lot of cooking techniques from them. And then uh, also stumbled upon Tiny Home YouTube during peak quarantine, and it's just this New Zealand guy who goes around Australia, New Zealand, and then some other countries around the world, and he just finds these really high tech, crafty living situations. Like you have someone who lives in like a storage container, and it, the how the like the 500 square foot home looks better than my house and it's just so fascinating and just to watch the, like how furniture has so much function and design and then hobby was wise uh super into i got into sports gambling but since the nfl season i deleted the app so i can super into the stock market and investing since uh the market went down last year but it, it's it's been nice to like learn about it and you know trade a little more here and there, uh, rather than just sit back and watch my money just sit there in my account. And then got more into cooking and reading as well. So those are some like fun stuff I picked up this past year. That's awesome. Um, and you had mentioned uh, American Psycho. I saw that. That's the one. That's the one with Christian Bale, right? Yep. Yeah, I saw that a while ago. I was like, oh man. But I was I was hooked. I was captivated the entire time. Um, and Succession, man, what a what a ride that show is. I mean, just crazy. The twenty five, yeah, twenty five percent of the time, I'm like, Kendall, what? Like, what? Wh- what are you doing? The dialogue, the one liners, the the sus- the mic drop at the end of season two. Oh man. And even like the suspense at the end of season one, just pure insanity. Yeah. Like that there's it just seems like with a show that has so much structure, they find every which way to make it as crazy as possible. Yeah. And like my personal favorite, Greg. I love this guy. I love the guy. So <laughs> fun. <laughs> it's funny because like when he comes in, you know, he rubbed me like the wrong way. I'm like, of course, this is the guy, family ties. Gets so awkward. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's literally the most like captivating person because he's just so different from literally everybody else. Just thinks know? differently and I love it. Yeah. Have you um have you watched Industry? It's also an HBO Max. 
I don't. I haven't I haven't re-downloaded HBO Max since I like canceled it after finishing like Succession and True Detective and everything. Yeah. But I'm thinking about restarting it up soon because I actually want to watch a bunch of Studio Ghibli movies. True, yeah. So uh, it's definitely gonna be something I might get soon once like uh once I once my nights free up a little bit more. Yeah. Um yeah, no, industry was like kind of in that same I mean it's definitely not exactly the same, but it's like a it's a finance based show. Mm-hmm. Um, and like all the characters are young. They're like fresh college grads and stuff like that. So that, that was something I would recommend. It's kind of, it's still in like the business yet. Oh my God, these people are crazy. Kind yeah. Of I mean, I, I absorb everything that HBO puts out. Like I, I, I hate having Netflix. I like, I don't use my own Netflix. I share it with someone. Yeah. And then literally I'm like, I'd rather just watch everything HBO just so much better content yeah no doubt so i wanted to uh i wanted to talk about briefly how we met because i've mentioned you uh offhand to like like my girlfriend to um some of my friends before but none of them have ever met you before and you and i have developed a like a solid relationship simply based off of social media um so Shilon and I met in 2016 for a grand total of three days. And I've not <laughs> I have not seen him in person since since 2016. Um for for like the scale of how long ago that was. I ended my freshman year. It was before I had both a beard or a car. I was 19, and that was how long ago it was. And I turned 24 in a month. So that's the last time I saw him in person. This call was the first time I heard his voice in five years. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it's it's just been it's just been interesting cultivating that like this level of friendship strictly off of memes and just laughing at people being really dumb and hot takes and all that stuff. Um, but back when we met in 2016, I had just finished. Uh, my freshman year and finals were like they, they ran onto like a Thursday and then the very next week I had to go to this conference I had agreed to go to back in like February or March and for even more background on that this was for like a separate company and it was about it was like a diversity and leadership uh, conference and I and I had a conference I was going to go to in Los Angeles the week after that one so I I was fully mailing it in. People people may not believe this because you know it's as rare as possible, but I mean, I was out of social energy. I didn't have anything to give. And it's like, Theo, you're always the the greatest extrovert in the room. And I'm like, not this week. It just was not going to happen. <laughs> um so like I should have seen it, chief type yeah, of thing. Yeah, <laughs> not at all. And though to start it off, they completely bottled my like willingness to budge by sending me the wrong amtrak details um (laughs) like there was like a coordinator who was reaching out to us on like all the stuff we needed to do to get there and you had to check this box on whether you wanted to um have transportation provided to you or you were going to make your own way there and i checked the box saying like yeah i'm going to make my own way there and the coordinator sent me amtrak tickets anyway like i was taking amtrak from Baltimore to Philadelphia, then a driver was going to pick a group of us up and drive us over to the location. And 
the the night of that I'm right before I'm supposed to go, the coordinator apparently just ignored what I was like what I said and sent me Amtrak tickets anyway. But the the starting and end points weren't Baltimore and Philly; they were like Jersey and Philly. So I would <laughs> if I had relied on them, they would not have been able to get me there. Um, so I was like, well, you already messed up on that front. So I'm here to mail it in. Um, we get there. It's like the first session and we're introducing ourselves. And, you know, most people really don't like icebreaker sessions, but I don't mind it all. Cause I really like meeting new people, but I literally stood up and said, hi, my name is Theo. I just finished my freshman year and I really don't work well with others. I said it straight up. I'm like, you're, you're not getting anything out of me. You will feed me for two or three days i will expand my linkedin and that's it you know and <laughs> that's just how i that's how i approached it and realistically i had a good time like i did really enjoy meeting the people that i met and like just you know the conversations we had but i remember meeting you and i'd really i had two takeaways really really quickly it was the first one man this dude is really smart like we had to do this we had to do this activity where we had to like build a cardboard boat or something like that. <laughs> and to get the pieces of cardboard, we had to like answer these like questions and you just took the paper and the pencil and just started explaining the answers instead of asking us what the, what the answers were. You're like, <laughs> you just would read the question and just answer it out loud. I was like, okay, that's uh, fine. Also I need be. to work better with people. <laughs> I was like, this is fine. And because we were all like kind of hunched over, I wasn't assessing it. Cause then you stood up and I'm like, oh my God. I was like five nine at this point in time. You're like six three, right? Yeah. I was just like, what? <laughs> what just happened? Like this man just extended right next to me. And I'm like, I'm 5'10 now, but obviously 5'10 and 6'3 are in two completely different stratospheres. And I'm just like, oh my God. And then like the next few days, like the next time we went to Dave and Buster's, we were talking about the Chicago Bulls. We were talking about Jimmy Butler, prime Derrick Rose. You know, it was just a really good conversation from there. So, yeah, and the finals just finished up, like oh, when LeBron yeah. saved basketball, or so oh, we thought. Yeah. And ooh, what what a time that was! Um, but th those were my those were my two to three weeks, two to three days from my perspective. So, what about yours from that fateful time in two thousand? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as you said, you go into it without much. You had like conferences and conferences, and I distinctly remember that summer as being the summer of conferences. I was going every week. I think I had one with a different company just because I interviewed, I like shotgunned all my interview approach and just applied to everything to see what I could get. And they all like liked me. And I was like, oh, um, okay. I guess I guess I got to go to all these things. So yeah, I pretty much went into it. I'm like, all right, let me network. Let's see. Let's see what goes on. Let's learn. See if it's something that interested me. Cause you know, it wasn't, they weren't offering a career path that I was into at the time. And ironically, ended up working at the company that I didn't think would be the career path for me. But it turns out it ended up being the career path for me. But yeah, I met some like really chill people that I still keep up with today, uh, Theo included. And it was just weird. Like We just clicked on just talking basketball. And then we find out we have the same basketball takes. We have the same ridiculous taste in memes we have the same like 
political takes at a point whenever politics started getting hot. So that it was, it's amusing to like see like to meet someone that like you click with on like those types of levels, and it, it's like a really interesting like friendship that developed just purely online. Um, but other than that, like I distinctly remember Theo hustling and crushing everyone at Pop Shot at Dave and Buster's, <laughs> like every chaperone or like company spokesperson that was there was just getting the work by theo and i'm like i would want this guy to shoot a free throw for me to like you know win me 10 grand if i could (laughs) (laughs) oh man um my friends hate that about me i'm just letting you know like they that's one of their least favorite things about me is that i don't go out much but i will make sure we go to dave and buster's and (laughs) i will and i will do that like if there's a record, it'll say like high score is something. I don't leave until I beat it. And that and that it has its drawbacks because there will be times where it's like I do it first try or I get tired and then it's like the 13th try and my friends want to do other stuff. <laughs> and and no one can tell you better than my girlfriend. She's like, babe, you don't have to do this. And I'm like, yes. I do. She goes, someone, they reset it like every day or something like that. It's just going to be gone tomorrow. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. All right. <laughs> as long as I'm here, it's mine. And you know, like the, like the standard ones, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I, there was one, I don't think I've ever told this story before. So I might as well tell you. Um, I went to a Warriors game like in 2019 and they were doing it for ten thousand dollars like like how you just said Wait, they had those. yeah like they had one of those things there for ten thousand dollars if you got the highest score and i was like well duh obviously i'm gonna win this like it wasn't a question it was not a question in my head who was gonna win so the highest score was like 71 and i was like i can do that i can very much do that so I do it. I get like 84 because <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is I have literally built my entire life up to this moment. And I'm like, this is easy. Like I had 71 with like 10 seconds left. I was just I didn't miss one. Like I I missed one. And it was the last one I shot. Um, And I was like, well, $10,000. I have to pay like, you know, you know, earning. I have to pay like the winnings taxes and like the California state taxes. Oh, yeah, that withholding it. stuff. But okay. I was like, whatever. Like whatever. It's more money than I came here with, right? But then they then they like made me sign out a form, and for me to receive the money, I had to be a resident of California. Oh, oh my god! And I was like, you can't be serious. <laughs> Like my entire life was this moment, <laughs> and it's I like was imagine like, going to the prices right, and they tell you you can't win any of the showcase showdown just yeah. because you don't live in California. I was just like, what, what? And I I was so devastated because the person who won, like they like put like put them down at like the the under six minute timeout in the third quarter, and they said he won with seventy seven, which means I would have won anyway. And I was just like, oh, my God. They gave me, like, a Steph Curry T-shirt. and Not even a jersey? I know. I know. It was a drawstring bag and a Steph Curry T-shirt. And I was just so bad. They're, like, like 200 million over the luxury tax, and they just give you a shirt. (laughs) And I was just like, what do you mean? I I couldn't have been more devastated. The only consolation was that I was there. It was 
that was the game that that was that was Luca's first ever triple double, and I was there for that. Um, so like that was the only that's the only constellation I had because I was like ten thousand dollars, but like California, so I'm getting like fifty five hundred. You know what I mean? But oh, man, <laughs> it was just so brutal. Um, but I definitely want to you know get back on track with everything. So next thing I want to ask. So give me from your perspective an overview of everything that's happened like professionally and personally since since we met in 2016. Yeah, um, I'll, I guess I'll try to keep it short since five years of material. But yeah, so actually that moment in 2016 was like, that summer was kind of like what I felt like began my life because everything before that was like, oh, you know, I got to study abroad. I got to like do my freshman year of college. I got to like grow up a little bit. And then from there, it's just like, I started working out a lot that summer. And then I go into the next semester and that's when you start all the harder accounting classes. So school started getting hard. I started having a challenge as opposed to like just breezing by everything. Um, I got my, had my first girlfriend. So that was, that was a fun time um, that ended up ending towards the end of the year. And then, um, you know, work my full, my first like big boy job um it went okay i mean it was a lot of learning it was some like really cool stuff i got out of it but ultimately ended up like choosing to go with the current company i work with uh just applying as like a regular full-time person so that was like really fun just doing the interview process getting rejections and then finding out i got the the job i really wanted so that was like some life shift uh, I vacationed, I got to go around, um, graduated college, really made some like really awesome senior year memories. Then I started my full-time job and I was balancing a lot. Like, so that was the time I started getting into the dating apps. Cause I'm like, all right, I got to find someone to like have a life with eventually. I got to, I, I have to like focus on work, work allowed me to travel, which was a super awesome thing. Um, and then I was studying for my CPA exam. So I was balancing like three things when I really shouldn't have. And then I, all, then I ended up failing the first part of my CPA, my CPA journey by two points. And at that point, I'm like, okay, let's just focus on the important things. So deleted the dating apps, focus on studying, focus on work, ended up working out. Um, then 2019 was like a really big year for me. I finished my CPA certification. Um, I ran a half marathon. I moved out of my house while that was in 2020 for the first time. Um, I ran like a Spartan race and then I met my current girlfriend, shout out Shruti. You're awesome. Uh, I met her, uh, towards the end of 2019, which has been like a very positive impact on my life. And then pandemic hit. So, you know, I move out of my house at the end of January. I'm living for six weeks, pandemic hits, and I'm like, all right, now what do I do with like my life? I have to pay rent here, so I got to enjoy my time. <laughs> but yeah, and then up until now, it's just been pretty much just work, try to exercise, sleep, uh, try to enjoy my weekends a little more since uh, coronavirus is a little lax. I guess people are a little more lax with it, but yeah, I guess that's like a brief rundown of 
kind of my life. That's awesome. And of course, you know, got it's a mandatory girlfriend shout out anytime you enter that phase of your life. Um, now, <laughs> the funny thing is, like, for me, you know, that's all it's been basically my entire adult life. I haven't been single for like one second. Basically. Dude, I'm starting to become like a wife guy. Like I was talking oh, yeah. to her the other day. I'm like, wait, the last few it's supposed to have are all of you. Like, I don't want to like, I, I got to like mix it up because throw some sunset pictures or something because I'm becoming a wife guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, it's I mean, I, to- I mean, I told her straight up, you know, like she's good for my engagement percentage on Instagram. Like, I oh, just, yeah, I, fire stuff. Like you, I, you, you always get like good interaction when you post the, like the, the girlfriend or wifey. Oh, yeah. Like the only post I've, I have over 400 likes is with her. So, I mean, you know, that's just how it is. Uh, I had, yeah, I think I had one where I was just like being a manho and just flexing, and that got a lot of love. So that was nice. Uh, I I remember that. I I remember that picture. Okay, because I can tell you, I, I'll tell you this story transparently. There was a point in time where I didn't know if you were single or not, but one of my friends was. She's also Indian, and I was like, "He's tall, and you're tall. Look at this guy. He's he's smart too." And I didn't, I mean, obviously I didn't get any of your consent for this. I just wanted to know. (laughs) I just wanted to know what she was thinking. Cause she's like five, 10. So she's like my height. So like she's tall and you're tall. And I was like, this could work. This could go in a positive direction. And that, and then you posted that picture and I was like, oh, look at this guy. Like he goes to another tangent, but I got posted on like one of those. There's this Facebook group called subtle curry dating. Okay. Um, And it's pretty much you post like people post their friends and they like post like some flattering pictures and they write this really funny long caption with a lot of innuendo. And I was like at a point, I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to do this. So I got my friend to make a profile for me and just post it. And I didn't want to become one of those schmucks that get like 12 likes and no one sees it because people post every day on that thing. I got a lot of love on that. And then I got a lot of Instagram follows and DMs and, Ooh. pretty vulgar comments from women around the world <laughs> i'm just like guys like you know i can read this like please don't call me like not as attractive or ugly or say you want to do a bunch of things to me i'm like this is very uncomfortable but it was after that it was like my mom even started auctioning me off like at her like indian functions yes i'm just like mom please no <laughs> amazing um now, back on, <laughs> we'll hit, we're going to hit a, a million tangents, and that's perfectly fine, because that's exactly why I wanted you on. Um, so now, if you've listened to the show before, normally, I get into the main topic. I w- Before I get into the main topic, I talk about current events. But since we're both fans of the news that just came out, Shilon and I are going to talk about the current events together. So today. The Pokemon Company announced several new Pokemon titles centered around the Sinnoh region coming to the Nintendo Switch later this year and early next year. We have Diamond and Pearl remakes coming this fall and an open world Pokemon game, Pokemon Legends Arceus, coming early next year. Shilun, your thoughts. Okay, so I've been following, I've been like lightly following this Sinnoh remakes rumor and like all the jokes and memes that come out of it. And honestly, like, Diamond and Pearl, like, I distinctly remember, like, a few Pokemon memories. Like, 
remember the first games I always played with like blue and like silver and crystal. And then when I really got more into it, like I got Emerald for like Christmas one year. And then the game I think I played the most was Pokemon Diamond. And that wasn't even when I was like knowing what I was doing. And like I've gotten like one game from like each generation since. And it was like I distinctly remember Pokemon Diamond and then the following Heart Gold, Soul Silver as being like some of the most enjoyable games. And this game, like, I really, I'm so excited. Like, I don't care that it looks like uh, Link Awakening or something, or the animation is, like, from Animal Crossing. I don't care. I will play this game. I will enjoy the story again. I will pretend I, I will get smacked by Cynthia in the Pokemon League again. I do not care. I am enjoying that game. And I actually didn't even see the, the Pokemon Legends trailer until i think after work today and i think i'm a little more excited for that game not gonna lie open world pokemon like that is the dream no doubt uh sino has such an unbelievably strong place in my heart that like it's hard to, it's almost hard to describe um like my i'm really into pokemon like super super into it my first ever pokemon game was pokemon diamond um my parents didn't want me playing it growing up and eventually i kind of like kind of withered them down to i got a ds like the ds light the white one and i got pokemon diamond and i'm telling you like that was just such an out of body experience when i first started playing i had no idea what i was doing and that literally did not matter at all um it didn't well it did matter until it didn't matter until i got to cynthia and then i got absolutely waxed and I was like, oh, God, me and Infernape can't do everything. Um, the, the funniest part about that was you don't even have the internet. Like, you're, that's, this is yeah. like the pre-internet generation where, like, you can look up perfect movesets. You can look right. up the journey. You're kind of just winging it. My, the, the thing that scared me the most was I had two experiences that scared me the most in that game. Encountering that spirit tomb that Cynthia had, I'm like, what is this thing weak to? I have yeah. no idea what the heck happens. And then I understood it's tight balance. And I'm like, this is broken. Yeah. And then also doing the old chateau in Eterna Forest. Oof. I played that round during the nighttime. I literally could not sleep. I, was, I could oof. not I didn't I could not believe that Pokemon scared me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it was just such an experience, especially because I think I remember not trust me it's not and I think I know the commercial promoting the Pokemon games had the it was like Pokeballs were raining from the sky and I was like that sounds really cool even though it has nothing to do with the game it was like the it was the commercial that was like all right Theo you're going to play you will enjoy this it does not matter um and honestly like there's so many positive memories I have with it that like, especially considering when I started understanding Pokemon as like, as a whole, one of my cousins and I, we went back into Emerald and we completed the entire Pokedex together. Wow. Um, like I don't all, even think I've ever done that. All I did a Nuzlocke yeah. the other, I did the, I did a Nuzlocke over like the Christmas time. Yeah. And that was like a challenge for myself. I, I still have yet to do it just because I really like the satisfaction of like beating the absolute snot out of the, the trainers I'm playing. So like I'll play 
I'll, I'll like do like black two, white two, and I'll change the difficulty setting and then play again. Cause I really like that idea. Um, like I'll make it, I'll turn it on hard or whatever it is and then play. Um, I haven't done a Nuzlocke though. So I, I have to add that to what I want to do, but all I know is like route 209. I don't know if you've ever heard the song that's on route 209 specifically at night, but it's the greatest song I've ever heard. Literally, Wait, I, literally. I I think I distinctly I remember this. Where is it? Cino Route Two Hundred Nine. Um, right side of Heart Home. I think is the yep, name of the yep, city. Yeah, that yeah. that that is a good one. I actually like the one above it. It's a little more hype. Okay, but I Two Hundred Nine is my second favorite. Two Hundred Nine was in Smash Brothers Brawl, <laughs> Brawl, but it was in <laughs> it. Um, on the uh Spiller Pier stage. Mm. and oof oof what a what a moment but platinum is just like i would say gen like realistically Sinnoh is, is like kind of flawed like they they made some things better and made some things worse like the game's really slow if we're being transparent yeah. like saving a lot yeah, of data saving a lot of data uh watching a chancy's or blissy's health go <laughs> up or down um, and walking around like the marsh, you have to walk around, get stuck in the mm. snow. You walk around, get stuck. You can't run in the snow no matter what, um, especially like when you get close to snow point city where it's like the blizzard, you can't run. So yeah. you're just walking and walking and walking. Um, defog. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> um, and like there's two fire types in the whole game, which is crazy. Yeah. Like, I actually do like, I mean, I, as much as the memories I have with Diamond, like, I genuinely think Platinum, since I, like, can download an emulator on my, like, laptop, like, Platinum was just su such a complete version of that game. Yes. I think, I've, I think I've played Platinum, like, five times over, just to see if I can find new ways to get better at it. Um, but the Platinum team, no matter what happens, Torterra, Star Raptor, Houndoom, Garchomp, and I just kind of, like, freestyle from there. So one year it was, I tried I tried to just do it with three. So it was just uh, Torterra, Star Raptor, and Weavile just to see if I could do it, and then I did. And I was like, I gotta go wrong, but whatever whatever they have in this game, I I just hope the only thing I hope is that it's faster. Like, yeah, like that. Oh, that's the only thing because a Switch game should not have to have the saving a lot of data thing going on. That should yeah. not happen. But I'm just hoping it's uh. Like it, I hope it has some twists. Like you know, Heart Gold and Soul Silver had like oh, twists that like kept perfect. the original intent. Yeah, and then added like much like nice, nice customization from the original games. Yeah. I, I hope like we get that. And then the RCS game, I don't even know too much of it, but I'm I would I'm buying both. I don't care. Oh yeah, no way. Like no no way. I'm I'm going without both because I I haven't played that many of the games since I played Sun and Moon. And I just didn't feel it. Like I liked the new stuff. Like I liked the like the fact that there aren't HMs. I thought that was really cool. Um, but like I don't know what it was, but just me and like Team Skull, just I just never felt it, which made me never <laughs> want They're rappers, to do bro. It They're all SoundCloud rappers. All SoundCloud rappers. And then like the fact that the Ultra Beast, you can catch more than one of them, and there's no drawback, there's no drawbacks to not catching them. I was like, oh. So yeah. like I have to catch six of this one quote-unquote rare pokemon like nah I'm, yeah I'm, i played I'm i 
I went through Sword and Shield. I did a few playthroughs on it. It's just I mean, like yeah. I, I mean, I it's hard for me to disparage a Pokemon game. Like I, I like everyone likes different elements of games. Yeah. But it's just like it it, it was at a point where I was like, this is a little too linear. Mm-hmm. Like I like just a little bit more customization with my journey. As, yeah. As nerdy as that sounds. <laughs> Especially because like the funny thing about black and white is that it's in a circle. Like the yeah. map is a oval, so you generally just have to go in a line. But it was still really good. Like it like changed the graphics. It might be a perfect game. The story was just impeccable. Oh, another level. Yeah. Like and a, then, a Pokemon story being good. What? Yeah. Then even with Sword and Shield, it was like <clears throat> the story. The story was like whatever. But the best part about it was that it's based in England, so all the characters have like a dialogue that would be like cockney or whatever from london mm. like there's this cop that was just like hello hello what's all this then fancy a scrap and i'm like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that was but i also that hope was the games have voice acting that's one thing i really hope that these games end up having yeah i feel like at this point we shouldn't have to deal with these like 8-bit pokemon cries anymore like yeah if there's a if you can definitively make Pikachu say Pikachu, you know what I mean, then like you definitely have the capacity to make them all sound good, you know. All nine hundred or eight hundred of them. <laughs> Y'all got time. You know, we ain't going nowhere else. Uh but Pokemon love it. Uh literally could talk about it all day, but you know, yeah. we're not gonna do that. Uh <laughs> so Shilon, I've seen you've done some traveling. Um you mentioned it earlier before. Talk about some of your trips and just like some of your favorite experiences yeah man um at first i gotta say like you know it's, it's the whole blessed and lucky thing to like allow work to let me travel like don't do not take that for granted um so i think the first thing i was told so i wasn't even graduated yet and they just mentioned to me that like hey we're going on an audit like can you let me know your availability on these months i'm like yeah sure i'm fully available if you if we need to travel and then they met, uh, email me during my like graduation week, and they're telling me like, "Oh, we're going to like Tokyo, Japan for our first audit." I'm just like, "Wait, what? Like, there's no way this is real." And three weeks, and then we did like two weeks of training, and a week of like prep work, and we ended up flying out to Japan. So it was that was I, I was still like one of my favorite trips. It was like the team was really cool. We ate some really good food. Um, I learned so much just being there. Uh, just like not even just like uh, as like a tourist, but like even working, I learned so much and really got up to speed just from that experience and like really got coached super well. Um, so it was super cool that we got. We also went to like Osaka, Kyoto, like. Everything was just so much nicer in Japan. Like I'll understand. Like I, I would go back there in like a heartbeat. It was so awesome. Um, but yeah, I got to go all around. I got to go to like Switzerland a few times. Um, I got to go to Turkey, which was really interesting. Got to go to India, which I got to see my family. Went to Brazil. Uh, another really cool trip was Singapore, um, which was like uh, just like a blast. Like I got to live like I watched Crazy Rich Asians on the flight there. And just to get myself hyped for that experience, even though it was a lot of work. Um, and that's what it always is. It's like you have to work a lot during the weekdays so you can enjoy the weekends. 
that they give, you know, for our time. But sometimes you got to work on weekends. Um, but after Singapore, I took like a little trip to Thailand and traveled alone, which was really interesting. Like that was a cool part of all this is like you learn culture, you eat some, some of the best food, like, you know, you have your company budget. So you got to eat some really cool food. You become good friends with your coworkers. You get to enjoy the vibe. And also it's just like, I've become super into eating by myself. Like I go to a restaurant, I put on my headphones, waiter comes, I order my food. Uh, I get my food. I get out. Like I don't have to wait on someone. I don't need to talk to anyone. I get time for myself. And I think one time when I was in, uh, I went to Italy and I sat down and just ate at a restaurant. And this was like, I don't, I didn't know the vibe of this place when I like looked it up on TripAdvisor, but it seemed like a very lovey-dovey couple type of restaurant. And here was me just sitting by myself and the waiter, like I asked for like, uh, I think I got like a glass of wine and the waiter was just like, do you just want the bottle? And I'm like, I'm flattered, but no, I got to like walk back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's nice. And like, I also got like a free tiramisu at the end of it. I'm like, I could still pay for it, but yeah, sure. Why not? (laughs) But it's a traveling was some of like the coolest thing. And it's upsetting that you can't do it during quarantine. You know, you got to be safe and everything. But I'm really excited to like get back when we can. But you know, tough time for, you know, travel and influencer Instagram, even though they still travel and go out. I'm just like, guys, come on, calm down. It's, there's a, there's a pandemic going on. A whole panoramic, a whole panoramic. That's awesome. Like I, it was, it was hard because like the, when I was interning before they started full time, they said, Hey, you know, you're going to have a few months to, you know, do what you want to do before you start full time. You might as well take advantage of it. And I was like, Okay, cool. And uh, well, uh, <laughs> I've been in my house every week for 49 consecutive weeks. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. hey, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I did a little bit like traveling with my family, like we would go to like, golf courses and stuff like that. But obviously, a golf course has an unbelievably low risk of giving you COVID. Um, yeah, or you go on a hike or something like something yeah. just like a day outdoors, just to, right. like break the just to see something else for once. Yeah. Like the only vacation I took was I went to Shenandoah, mm. but it was a hiking trip. Like me and my friend, we got a hotel, we lived by ourselves and we got a hotel and we were outside the whole time. It was like the safest type of vacation we could do. We just drove yeah. like that's, that's the extent. Yeah. It's wild. The panty, a whole panty outside. Um, <laughs> so It is very clear that Twitter.com has been the primary conduit for how often we communicate. So, Shilin, tell me, why is Twitter so good from your perspective? And is it your favorite social media app? Yeah, it is my favorite. And it's just like Twitter's the first to everything. Like, it's the first to put a meme, a funny tweet, news breaks. And you, everything funny you see on Instagram. It's just a read. It's just a post of someone of what someone tweeted, so it's not even original. So that's why Twitter is just so much better. Like, and it's like you can't even brag about your personal accomplishments. Like, you could see people flex on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, but like Twitter, it's just like you ship post, you get your news, you get out. 
So it's like you can't even like create a weird facade. And like also like really shows someone's brand a little more than the other apps. Like you see what people retweet, you see what they favorite, you customize your level of participation and interaction. Like you even learn some stuff from certain tweets. Like that that's how like me and you kind of got along. Like we both shared, we both see in each other's profiles like similar things that we agree with. And, you know, it, it's cool to know that like, wow, like you don't even have to talk and like you know you have a certain understanding with someone. Um, however, you can't be on there too much. You got to take your time. Uh, it's rotted my brain from being online too much. The fact that I know about certain blue checks in politics just disgusts me. I'm like, I talked to it with my friend, uh, and we're just like, I hate that we know who these people are. Like this whole like Nira Tandon, like debacle, whatever debacle or fiasco you want to call it. The fact that we even know who she was before this just disappointed us. That that's how online we were, <laughs> but um, other than that, like Twitter's just great. Like no one says check Insta for this. You always like check Twitter. Yeah, no doubt. It's like if, if let's just say something groundbreaking happened in whatever industry it is, you can't put it on Instagram. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't spread on Instagram because on Instagram you're looking for pictures. You're looking, you know, to see an image or like a background with some text over it. But on Twitter, it can just be the message itself. And then it spreads and spreads and spreads and spreads. Um, and, and definitely like, Twitter is definitely like 90 to 95% completely useless. But that 5% where I'm learning or like completely laughing is always worth it. Um, like I'm, I'm literally just cracking up sometimes. Um, especially like, uh what something we'll get into later but like sports and politics just like the memes that come the the really organic generation of memes that comes from twitter because it's not just someone made something and then put it up there it's almost like a reaction in of itself that everyone can clown someone together it's beautiful it's just it's just wonderful like i think one of the funnier ones that i observed from the sidelines was just the the june 20 the, Dece- the december 21st memes oh yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> I could, like I, I follow a few people that like would uh that always retweeted some of some of those memes and i couldn't stop laughing and i'm like like it's not my place to get into this one but i was just laughing from the sidelines uh, that was one of the best stretches ever. Like Twitter, <laughs> t- Twitter that week was ha- Hall of Fame level, um, and it, it was it was a beautiful time. Um, it's very clear that you and I might be the most well educated sultans of the meme hemisphere on the internet. So, sh- sir, what are your all time favorite memes? Without a doubt, it's Crying Jordan. Like mm-hmm. no competition. It is so perfect that even the original image looks like a crying Jordan Photoshop. Like it, like that was like the one of the memes that like got me really like into like using Twitter a lot more and like just it. The life cycle never ended on it, and it's just like the ultimate humiliation. Like I, I crying Jordan my friends. I had Photoshop for a two week trial. I crying Jordan myself. Like it, it is just something that ages very well and doesn't just pass off like certain like whatever memes that you can get like no one remembers the cash me outside like no one uses that anymore but people use the crying jordan no doubt 
But also, most SpongeBob memes, whenever they're popular, they are good. Oh, yeah. Like, SpongeBob memes are the gifts that keep on giving. Uh, there was a stretch there where, like, two or three memes that were trending from SpongeBob, like, in, like, the same month, were all in the same episode. Like, it was crazy. Like, like 10 minutes. so much SpongeBob, too. That's yeah. That's the thing. It's like 10 minutes later in the same episode of SpongeBob was the same screenshot, the same image that's <laughs> now popular. And I'm like, it, it, they'll never run out, you know? Um, and then like the the memes of the characters, like the Koofy, the Kente cloth hat. Uh, <laughs> the Squidward. <laughs> yeah. It, oh my goodness. Though, especially because of December 21st. That was just a, the peak time. Um, and I had to ask, do you have a dedicated memes folder on your phone? So I used to have one that I kept updated through like my freshman year of college and then I stopped updating it, but it was more so just reaction pictures. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, 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 I definitely like kept a meme album just to, just to have. So I still have one. Um, and the, I, obviously I'm not as, you know, active in like group chat settings and stuff. Cause we're just not hanging out with people and I'm not even in college anymore. Um, but my memes folder at this very moment has 2,259 things in it. Um, so that's between videos and pictures. Um, the the best app maybe I've ever learned about was the Shortcuts app. And the ability to just download videos from like YouTube to use as meme reactions uh, just, just took, my, took the game to a whole nother level. Um, same thing with like Twitter, like tw- there's like a Twitter video downloader shortcut. And ever since then, I've been unstoppable. It's, <laughs> it, <laughs> there, it's I not, remember it's I see, I bookmarked this thread of send me all the funny Stephen A photos. I can't get enough. And I just bookmarked it yeah. and it's just all Stephen A reactions and <laughs> I'm just losing it. So, and great. also like the, uh, the new ones that come, that came up in 2020, the days of the week, it's just like congratulations sailor you made it to friday or yeah saturdays are made for dads oh i, I thoroughly one. enjoy those the i really like the are you winning sons like those are <laughs> those, those 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 are really wholesome because i'm like i obviously not we have none <laughs> none of us can claim a victory in the last almost a year <laughs> <laughs> um so Sheila, you're clearly a very clearly an athletic guy so Talk about uh, what you told me. You played volleyball in college and all those damn marathons or whatever, because that lifestyle just isn't for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I played volleyball since the freshman year of high school. So I got cut from the basketball team after doing it in middle school. I got I tried out and got cut. So I'm like, all right, I got to do something else. So in the spring, I tried out for volleyball. Kind of worked out since I was uh, I, I had an early growth spurt. So I was like a six foot tall freshman. Oh my god, so that helped. But you know, it's a sport that always kind of clicked with me. Um, you never had to be overly like powerful, at least at the high school level. You could always like develop skills and um, really work on technique. And like we had like a really good team and coach like for for our state. Like we were always consistently ranked like top five. So it was also nice being in a winning situation. Like I enjoy winning. I hate losing. So. Yeah, so it, it was just like a really cool experience. Like the best part, the funniest thing, like, and I use this as a story, but Mike Jacecki was a volleyball player in our state. And he, during our senior year, he was like state volleyball player. And if you don't know who Mike Jacecki is, 
He's currently a professional football, uh, tight end for the Miami Dolphins in yep. the NFL. So this is a big man. Um, <laughs> he Volleyball wasn't even his best sport. It was his third sport. Like this dude was like a thousand point call it like high school scorer, uh, Penn State's recruit, and he was just doing volleyball for fun, and he was just better than anyone at it. And I blocked him a few times in my career, so I will take that to my grave. Um, and then yeah, I just continued it in college. Like the college team was like really chill. Uh, it was club two nights a week, super manageable. Um, and also like when I was playing there, the competition level was just so much higher. So I had to like start lifting more and just start keeping up and try to be a little better on my end. But yeah, marathon wise, I am not a big running guy. Like I genuinely didn't like running, but I had some free time and I'm like, my brother peer pressured me. This is the type of dude that get like, he's, he's a doctor and he works weird shifts. So he would literally wake up at 4am to get a workout and run in if he has to go show up at the hospital at 7am. Like, he's that type of dude. So he's just like, yo, do this marathon. You can do it. I'm like, or half marathon. I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? I had two months to train. How bad could it really be? It was tough. <laughs> it was <laughs> genuinely a challenge training for it. I set a goal to finish under two hours, and I ended up finishing that goal. But, man, it was so much fun studying, like, training for it, eating healthy, getting really fit. Um, and then my knees just completely died after that marathon. And like, even now I tried running two miles yesterday cause it was like warm relatively. And I was like, my quads are on fire right now. <laughs> <laughs> like it is, it is rough, but yeah, I definitely, it was like a cool milestone to like get through in my life. And you know, when you're running the pure adrenaline you feel with like thousands of other runners, you have people in Philly, all cheering you on like and you know you you're you've been a resident in philly and the vibes were just immaculate um just running through everything it's sunny everyone has signs cheering you on people are giving you tissues to blow your nose because your, your nose gets snotty mm. it is a uh, it was great but also i had a question for you so on the side i hoop up uh i know you definitely shoot around and everything but I've changed my player profile from like a crash the boards type of guy, like a DeAndre Jordan, Andre Drummond. And now I play like a chaining fry. So I cannot put the ball on the floor. Um, <laughs> I, I would occasionally post up, but I'm a big man who shoots threes and I will try to rebound and block shots. But what about you, Theo? What, what is your player profile? Um, so it was hard because when I was younger, I was actually like decently athletic. Um, like when I was a high school senior in high school, I could dunk and I was five, eight. So wow. like, I, it was just something na like, it was really natural. Like, I don't know how it happened, but one day I did, just did the math. I was like, okay, I'm five, eight. I'm playing soccer all the time. I'm running all the time. My body fat percentage is like uh, absurdly low, but I'm still bigger than everybody else. Like, and like, I was like, okay, your standing reach is seven feet, which means if you needed to touch the rim, you need to jump at least 36 inches in the air. Um, and then I couldn't, I realized I could. So I was like, okay, you're, you're, at least your max vert is 36 inches. But how, how can you dunk? Like, how long would it take? And eventually, like, it was like, 
start with the tennis ball and start, go to the volleyball, then go to a women's ball, then go to a men's ball. So like I basically got my max vert to be like 42 or 43 inches at some point in time. But to say that that was worth it is completely false because my knees are absolutely terrible. Um, My max at a point was like 31 during like my peak volleyball in high school. And damn, 40 is just insanity. I mean, it it was wild. Like, (laughs) like, I don't I mean, just thinking about it, I'm like, I don't know how that happened, but it just kind of did. And then I started playing golf. Like I would, I was playing soccer. Then I would, I never made a basketball team in high school. Never that. But I was like doing basketball just like in study hall and stuff like that. And then I just started doing golf and I just never got it back. Like I could dunk. I dunked one time as a freshman in college and then I dislocated my shoulder and it never came back. Like I just never like ever got it back. Um, In high school, I couldn't shoot. And then my freshman year of college, I could shoot. And then I don't know what happened, but I just am so into basketball X's and O's that I realized I just want to play like Draymond. Like, that's it. Like, that's all I want to do. Um, And the hard part about that is when you play pickup, just like regular five on five pickup, or like you say you play in an organized league, people don't know what they're supposed to do off ball. So like, yeah, it's the biggest pet peeve. Like, like you can only be Draymond to the extent that the people move around you. So, like, when I play with people that are, like, that know what they're doing, me, like, standing in the, the middle of the zone and making the reads is really easy because they'll just cut. Like, they'll cut exactly where they need to cut. Like, someone will set the inside screen. They'll set the screen on the inside, man. They'll drive hard, kick it out. I'll flash middle. I'll dump it off. It's a layup, right? But if you if you're just playing pickup with dudes who just want to stand at the three point line, it doesn't do anything. Like it doesn't help at all. So what I realized was like, okay, I need to have a post up game, even though I'm five ten. Um, and like that was the extent of what I could do. Like I was like, I'm like a thirty two percent three point shooter. Um, I like make an average amount of layups, so I need to literally just post people up as much as humanly possible switch like i'm switch hunting and pick up just so, <laughs> just so i could get a like a like i'm someone who's not like six feet taller taller on me and that's just kind of how i operated you know <laughs> yeah but it's it's, it's just so funny because people think i'm like a defensive like specialist and yeah. i'm like dude if there's someone that knows how to like decently like handle the ball i will probably be crossed up like, like I will play great defense if someone plays in the post or spots up, but I cannot guard someone who knows who has a good handle. Yeah, it's it, it was rough, especially because like sometimes the like the Drexel team would just come show up and play. Like one time Ben Simmons showed up, and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like just it, call him a coward and tell him to shoot from three. <laughs> I promise you, if he can take one step from the college three and then dunk the ball, he will never listen to a taunt like that. It's <laughs> so bad. I'm like, I have never seen anything like this. It's like a jet. It's like a human jet is yeah. right there. It's like, oh no, it was it was a really traumatic time. But that's when I was like, well, you do taxes. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Draymond profile but only maximally efficient when I play with people who cut. And I'm telling you, people do not have the average wherewithal to know when to cut. 
Like that, like I'll I'll call for a screen just so I can hit them on the roll and they'll fade every single time. I'm like, roll, just roll, just <laughs> roll. And then I have to be who the one who rolls, but I'm only 5'10. So <laughs> it's not like the most efficient roll in the world. So I'm just on the short roll trying to find somebody to pass to. So I, the only thing I can do is float it. You know what I'm saying? Because there's always a six two dude down there. <laughs> My pet peeve is always that people don't know how to use a bounce pass oh like, yeah you can't chest pass it in the lane you gotta bounce pass it on the on the slip screen like hit me in the pocket like come on yeah especially especially because you're so tall like yeah. you're probably on average taller than everyone you play with even in pick, a pickup situation yeah i mean it levels out at a point but yeah. at least growing up yeah true so one of the things I want, I definitely wanted to get into that I think I think is like, I wouldn't say it's the most important thing, but it's the biggest question I've had since we met. Um, so when we met, I was very, very, very sure that you pronounce your name Shalon. So your for those who don't know, your name is spelled S H I L A N, and you pronounce your name in public Shalon, and now you go by Shilon. Um, and I just wanted to know, can you talk about that change? I'd just love to learn about it. Yeah. So this, like, so I've gone by Shalon my whole life, essentially. Like, it was my quote-unquote like white name, and then I had my Indian pronunciation, which is Shilon. And the two worlds never really connect, like, you know, met up with each other. So whenever I like went from elementary school to middle school, there are always people that followed me and called me Shalon. And then high school, middle school, high school, high school, college, like there was always someone that called me Shalon and everyone just ended up calling me Shalon just because that's the easiest way to pronounce the name. And then when I went to start working and I'm just like, wait, no one from my past is really here. I can introduce myself the proper way because it's professionalism. And like, honestly, how hard is it to learn how to pronounce someone's name? Like, it takes 10 seconds of effort. Uh, so, yeah. So, I started being a little more affirmative within, just started introducing myself as Shilon. And it's kind of stuck me stuck with it. But I've also been in meetings where the pronunciation of my name changed four times oh. during the said meeting. And I'm like, all right, guys, come on. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just like, I just realized, like, it's just really easy to tell people how to pronounce your name. And if they actually care, they'll take the 10 seconds to pronounce it. So it was it was definitely like a super like fulfilling thing I needed to do. And it was like partially inspired by uh, Hassan Minaj. I, I, I probably butchered that, ironically butchered the pronunciation of the name. But he like did a whole like comedy bit at TCNJ during my senior year. And he one of his bits was like getting the proper pronunciation like, Oh, if we could spell Timothy, if we could pronounce Timothy Chalamet, you could pronounce Hassan Minaj. And mm -hmm. I'm like, that actually like struck a nerve with me. I'm like, I, that makes so much sense. Like we can always pronounce all these other names. Why can't we pronounce like non Anglo-Saxon names, I guess would be the weird term for it. But I think, uh, it was definitely like a thing I wanted to do going forward. Like I can't, I went through 20 years of my life having it pronounced, uh, Shalon. I didn't want to go to next like 50, 60 years as Shilon. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I think I watched that like 
I think Hassan had meant, mentioned it either on like Patriot Act or like I saw a YouTube video about it. And it was funny, like like the Drexel and Penn area has a lot of like a strong Indian population. And he was giving, I don't know if it was a presentation or a TED talk at Penn one day, my freshman year, but like, I just remember like a lot of the Indian people I knew were like, oh my God, Hassan Minhaj is at Penn's campus. And I'm like, who's that? Like, who is that? Right. And then like to see it all come full circle to like have an impact on you. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. You know? Yeah, man. He, uh, he's definitely like, I wish Patriot Act was still going on. I actually kind of like that show. It was like a really good follow up to like the daily show type of comedy. Yeah. Um, and like, I definitely think it was well, much better executed than um, last week tonight. With yeah. John Oliver, just because even though the material is good, like it's the same setup, the same punchline, at least like Hassan, like spiced it up and went into like topics that, you know, frankly, I wanted to learn more about like India cricket corruption and stuff like that. Yeah, it was really good. I, like it got me through like the first section of the quarantine. I watched all of it. Um, it was really good. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk in like just more like just like quick hit topics and stuff like that. So you, sir, are a Steelers fan. Uh, just t- just talk about that. Just just in general. <laughs> uh- <laughs> yeah, I mean, the reason I'm a Steelers fan is because the very first time we, me and my brother got Madden, it was 2000, Madden 2004 with Mike Vick, and I didn't know football, so I just went random, and my first random team was the Steelers, mm. and that's how I became a Steelers fan. So there was that, and then... Yeah, it's this past couple of years has just been weird. Like Minka was like a great trade. He's from Oldbridge, which is you know hometown hometown mm-hmm. boy. Um, but Tim Tebow ruined us the one the during our like peak window. I hate Tim Tebow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then we had like the Triple B era. Like Antonio Brown was one of my favorite players for such a long time, and until he went crazy, and then just the ineptitude of like. Just I, not the ineptitude, but just Roethlisberger falling off the years we finally get a good defense, and him being a really good quarterback the years we have a really poor defense. Mm-hmm. It is a it is a ride, but at least I was able to experience one Super Bowl as a fan. Yeah, so I, I at least I have that. That's awesome. I can't say the same. Uh, <laughs> for me, it's big, just big pain. Cowboys boy. <laughs> it's just it's just pain. Like I. Like yeah, like my dad played for them for a year, so that's the only reason I'm really here. Oh, um, that's really cool. Like it, that's the only reason why I'm a fan of the Cowboys. He played for them for one calendar year, and thus I am subject to a life of pain. And <laughs> it, and it's it's just funny because the last time they won a Super Bowl, I think was in '95 or like '90. It was '95, '95, '96, right? So I was born in '97. So nothing good has happened <laughs> since I've been born. <laughs> like it's just, it's just like what? That's the last time they even went to the con. That was the last time they even went to a conference championship game. Was in yeah. I mean, Tom Brady's done more in the NFC in just one year than I know. The Cowboys. I know. It's just like come on. But that's that's enough on that. Um. So I introducing a brand new segment. This segment is called "Things We Make Fun Of Together." Um, and the first one I wanted to talk about is Barstool. So I'll let you, I'll let you, you know, air your grievances about them first. 
All right. First, I'll give the disclaimer. I think they're doing a decent thing with this small business thing. But yeah. now that that's out of the way, all right. Barstool is just the worst. Like, they're just the amount of like misogyny that you could generally get from it. The fact that it's just a website for 26 year old people that still think they're in college or grown ups that still want to feel like they're in college. This is like Viva la Stool or whatever dumb bullshit they want to. Uh, can I curse on this? Yeah, you, you, you get every, everything but the F word. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so all this like nonsense that they could post, and it's like the fact that they call themselves Barstool Sports, and they just steal videos from other people, and like use it as their content, and it's not even good sports analysis, which is the more pet peevey thing. Like it is just like a, it's I, it's also called Barstool Sports because they're all Boston fans, and this whole like I I, I very much dislike Portnoy. The only redeemable people on that entire show, in that entire network, is PFT and um, what you call it, Big Cat. Like those are the only, and like that Joey Molinero guy. Those yeah. are the only redeemable people that are still working at that company. It is just such. It is just a cesspool of just like. It just screams. I'm fiscally conservative but socially liberal. Like annoyance. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. What, what's your beef with them? So the thing about me is that I cannot dissociate them with like anything related to like all of the worst things you can think about of a frat. Yeah, it is frat boy culture for adults. Like I every time I think of them, I think of the Saturdays are for the boys flag I see all the time, which also makes me think of the sentence boys will be boys, which only elicits really negative reactions out of everyone i know um and obviously like they have like business and whatever i what i do there's nothing redeemable about barstool to me at this point in time have we all grown a really long way from the year 2016 yes however all of their uh personalities made some comments back then that will never ever ever <laughs> uh uh escape my mind like the the denigration of kaepernick as a oh human being that recording then, was so cringe i was like what am i what i didn't even i couldn't even make it through all of it <laughs> i was just like okay if there was any opening that they had to redeem themselves to me that one closed it fastened it um, well did it shut like there's no way um and i mean I, I remember i had to ask someone else because i'm a really big fan of like this esports company and their ceo is a really big fan of barstool and mm -hmm. i obviously like it's hard for me to not like that's the only thing i don't like about the ceo and he was talking about like the whole call her daddy thing and I had no idea what it was, but I then I learned it was a Barstool property. So I, had to, I actually didn't want to look it up. I didn't want to increase their SEO or anything like that. So I actually just asked someone I knew who knew. That's how little I want to interact with them. I don't even oh. want to search something about them. I do the same thing. So I've blocked and muted all their accounts. So they don't even get my like click if someone DMs me like a, a Barstool tweet or whatever, or mm -hmm. someone retweets a Barstool tweet. Like, I'm just not seeing it. You're not getting my click. I don't care if it means nothing. You're not getting it from me. Yeah. It's wild. Um, can't do it. 
hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. There's nothing they can do. They could offer me a bag. It would not matter. I'm not <laughs> taking it. Um, but that's that's them. So another thing we make fun of. <laughs> this is the this is in my hemisphere of people. This is one of the least made fun of uh, concepts, but it's the most fun to make fun of. Uh, the left self righteousness. So we're making fun of the left, and we do it together, and it's really fun when we do it together. So, Shilun, the left from your perspective. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say it's the left because I would say we're the left, and then it's just we're making fun of libs. True. But that's that's definitely like, what I'll say. Yeah. It's just the amount of backbending they do. The like, just it's just despicable how they just destroyed the Me Too concept just because it's like, oh, it's Biden this time, or like. The, like, the amount of stuff they did just abandon just because they got fully Trump-brained. And, like, I've been thinking about this uh, the other day. Like, Trump was a problem. Like, that, that is without a doubt. Like, he was a problem for everything. But he was not the problem. Like, there is a lot. Like, he was right about one thing. Like, D.C. is a swamp. And you're seeing all that stuff. Like, the whole Lincoln Project thing coming up and all this, like, all this stuff about how now, essentially... The Democrats are like the center right party, then the Republicans are the more far right party, and there's no left wing representation. And everyone who's a liberal now is just, they're just caving into this Biden stuff. Like, what Biden just bombed Syria yesterday. Yeah. And I saw a tweet, it's just like, oh, this is great. I didn't even have to see a tweet about this. Like, I trust Biden's action, like from some blue check. Yeah, I was yeah. like, are you seriously just okay with them bombing someone just because you're not hearing about it and you can go back to brunch? Like, the fact that we haven't gotten stimulus checks yet, that they're means testing it so much so that even, like, actual people who get a full amount, yeah. like, the inability to drill down on the right for being, like, legitimate ghouls, like, they, they couldn't pass the minimum wage because the pe- the Senate parliamentarian said it's not okay. I'm like, dude, like Republicans know how to play politics. Democrats don't know how to play politics, and it will liter- it'll cost them everything in 2022. And it sucks. Yeah. It it just legitimately sucks. It's it's funny because it's like you saw how for like the final what felt like six years of like Obama's terms that he couldn't do really anything. Like, like he was like, I'll, I want to introduce something. And all because there wasn't a definitive, like overwhelming majority, he couldn't do anything he wanted to do. Right. And then in the two, you could say prime, I guess you could say prime years of DJT. He's like, I want something. It'll happen tomorrow. Like, it doesn't even matter. They like, they, it's like world out. I'm saying, yes, it does not matter. Right. Because I can I can say yes, right? And now we're two months in, two months in of a proposed like 21 months of unfettered access to say whatever you want goes because we know by 2022, it won't be like this, right? If Nancy Pelosi's in charge of trying to re- of, like get people reelected, that's an L. She's Jeff Fisher. Um, <laughs> that's that, that's that the, pretty perfect. <laughs> like that, that's literally who she is to me. She's Jeff Fisher, right? And- we're month two in no amount of delaying stimulus checks makes them more redeemable to the people who still have monthly expenses. There's nothing you can do other than give it to them now. That's it. They just, just pass it. Right. But, but I don't want to step on anyone's toes. What do you mean? 
What? 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 That there was an entire there was an entire building whose toes did not get stepped on. They were it was ransacked, and you don't want. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we could go on, but yeah. just it yeah. is just so much of that they just failed to do, and it, it is just ultimately disappointing and frustrating that we're not going to get healthcare like we're like healthcare for all like, and it is just like it's it just hurts like you know what i mean like <laughs> they just want poor people to stay poor oh like, yeah i think one of the things that the biden like uh press secretary mentioned is just like oh what's like Trump, biden doing for the small businesses like facing covid like uh you know failure and everything and they're like well the the person who's in charge of the sba is a woman now and i'm just like what does that do like <laughs> like what just like that's the whole thing like now they're just and that's like another tangent but like you know not weaponizing identity politics for that reason it's just like just just because someone's like a woman or a diverse person doesn't mean it's automatically good like the secretary of war right or secretary of war is a, a former raytheon like exec mm-hmm. or defense secretary um is a former raytheon exec like that's not cool like no. in, they're giving so many, and Raytheon's a weapons dealer. Like, come on. Or defense contractor, but, you know, quote-unquote weapons dealer. Of course. The Tony Starks, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, uh, the, li- <laughs> the lives. Uh, <laughs> um, another one. This one's so much fun. Uh, Cameron Payne. <laughs> oh, man. The pain train. He was the headliner of a trade. We sent Taj, I think we sent like Taj Gibson or Miritich or something. We got back like campaign. This was just this weird Bulls years where yeah. it was just, it was weird. Like the post, like the 2010s Bulls were just so weird. And Cameron Payne experience was something else. Like I think this dude has played more games in the G League than the NBA. Like he was in the Summer League during his fifth season in the league. Oh I'm yeah, like, bro, grow up and <laughs> get a job. He looks like Sl- Sid the Sloth from Ice Age. <laughs> the only reason he's famous is because he danced with Russell Westbrook. Yes, and more insult on injury, he's actually a good rotation player on the Phoenix Suns now. So I guess I have to eat crow on that one. But it's so funny. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, like that picture that I have of campaign was literally the week after i met you (laughs) like we were talking about him and then i was in lax and he was just there and i was like okay cool you know i'm saying like can i get a picture real quick uh (laughs) so you know that's just that that was just really fun um so we can get into another one and it it doesn't it doesn't get any better than how bad they are at this present moment. But can we just <laughs> talk about Danny Ainge? The the GM Danny, of the, just the tip Ainge. The GM of the Boston Celtics, Danny Ainge. He's just ultimately just like he's like, oh yeah, like, oh yeah, we were almost gonna get in that trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were almost gonna do that. Our name was in there. And then just failing to pull the trigger on anyone because he doesn't want to give up the 17th overall pick in the draft because of the precious assets. Yeah. And now his team is failing because you've put up a team with just real, two really great players. Like Tatum and Jalen Brown are amazing. Yeah. But just you can't 
package those assets and now you have all these borderline rotation players from all these assets and now your team's going to fail and Brad Stevens is might be on the chopping block soon because you can't waste Tatum and Brown and Danny Ainge just sucks and did you see that um there was like some article from someone in Boston that wrote like Danny Ainge was just like yeah we had our name in the bag for a lot of these trades and I'm like of course of course yeah, he's of got course it. of course um Danny Ainge is like he is he's almost like the worst version of Sam Presti. Like, because Sam Presti has all these picks, you think this could go well. But I've seen Danny Ainge fumble it. You know, like <laughs> Brooklyn gave up everything in the world for Paul Pierce, uh KG and whoever else they got. Jason right? Terry. And and the and the jet, you know, the 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 man in one of the top 10 posters ever. He's in the bottom of the picture. And <laughs> the, you were thinking, like, man, the Celtics with all these assets, look at the time, and then like bam LeBron. Like it's just Le- like I, I have never seen a more thorough destruction of an actually good basketball team than the 2017 like Eastern Conference Finals. Like the the Celtics looked like they weren't even playing like basketball. <laughs> it was <laughs> one of the most absurd things I've ever seen. And then Kyrie leaves. He gets hurt, unfortunately. And Gordon Hayward, I mean, that was one of the craziest moments I've ever seen. Gordon Hayward breaks his leg on the first quarter of his yeah. tenure with the Celtics. So obviously, like there's some things that you know you could have avoided because I do believe a healthy Kyrie and a healthy Gordon Hayward would have won the 2018 East, but just to see LeBron like with no actual assistance thoroughly <laughs> dominated. Like <laughs> that was scary. That was, scary. Like, that was a level of LeBron that I was like, I hope I get to see this again in my life. It was amazing. Like just pure offense LeBron. Um and now here we are. They 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 hoped that the Kemba, Gordon Hayward and the two the two J's would work. Um and Kemba's not that good anymore. It's funny because Rogier's contract, which I laughed at when they when he signed it, is now looking like a bargain. Oh yeah. Like he's balling out. And um Kemba's just you know, it, it was weird because you're thinking like, yeah, sure, a six foot one guard can obviously shoot threes. Because he's six foot one, he's a guard. What else is he supposed to do? That's still not the case. It's like, like, oh, <laughs> like they can't, they can't space the floor with him. The X and O's that I saw out of that Toronto series to basically ice out Tatum and Brown was really good, and can like let Kemba shoot. Um, and then in the bubble, Miami. Oh man, that was yeah. that was a masterclass performance. So, Danny Ainge, just the tip Ainge, and now your team's in like ninth place. Like you're you're behind the new you're I think you're tied with the New York Knicks. You're behind the beloved Chicago Bulls. Oof, just an uh, absolute failure. Yes. So, so I wanted to run down these last few things. So, all things NBA. I'll go. I'll just like tackle this one really quick. Lamelo. Um wow. You were in on it, man. You were the one person that was balls to the wall on him. Like you were you're about it. 
and I I just love I love him so much, um, because I, the only con- the concern I had coming in at two really well three really big ones, it was finishing around the rim, shooting from distance, and the turnovers. Right now, his assist to turnover ratio is better than LeBron's. Um, his he's shooting like thirty nine percent from three on like five attempts a game, which is fine. Like no, it's on six and a half, I think, a game. And he's shooting fine around the rim, which means he just has to get in the weight room and learn how to land, right? That that's fine for a 19-year-old. You know what I mean? Really yeah, I never had any questions. Man. Never quite never had any questions on like his ball handling, which is really good. His like ability to make passes, which has never been a like an issue for him. And he's just he's just playing so well. And I love it. He's 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 some man. He, you're right on him. That that good good thing you bought all that stock, <laughs> <laughs> all of it. Um, and then talk for you, your loyalty to the Bulls. Yeah, man, been a Bulls fan since I guess D Rose got drafted. Um, you know the Ben Gordon series against Boston in '09 was some of the craziest basketball that like really made me love the sport more. Um, all I gotta say, Zach Levine is an all star. Yes. Zach Levine, the very much disparaged. He is good. He is very good now. And I am so happy. But now, and I'm just even happier that we might be in the playoff race for after four years of just degradation. Of like, I, I remember some of these rosters that we put out in 2018. Oof. And I cried. Like, it was campaign. It was Paul Zipser. Oof. It was. Cristiano Felicio, hands down the worst player in the NBA. And we gave him eight and a half million dollars a year. Oof. The Brazilian gummy bear. He <laughs> literally looks like a Teddy Graham. Amazing. <laughs> and he got paid so much money. And I'm just telling all my Nets friends, I was like, you guys need a center. I have one very lightly used Felicio that you could take for free. Yeah. Um, but Zach Levine's yeah. an all-star, and hey. I'm very happy about Bulls basketball this year. Nice. Um, we got to talk about Pandemic P. <laughs> Paul George. Oof. Oh, my. So, for those who don't know, in a 2018? 18? Was it 18? Playoff series, OKC was playing Utah, and he had a really good first game. I think it was Utah. Anyway, first round of KC, 2018, he goes for like 30-something, and they win, right? And in the playoff, and then like the post-game press conference, (laughs) 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 someone asked him, you know, about how he played and all that. And they said, yeah, that's why they call me Playoff P. And there was this really awkward, faint laughter from all the other reporters. They're like, what? And (laughs) Twitter was like, oh? <laughs> and ever since then, it has been nothing but failure, and it's amazing. Because the second you give yourself a nickname like that, uh, we're gonna watch and to see that he got strapped up by Jingles. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, Jingles. Um, that Clippers three 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 one series loss was literally one of the greatest sports moments of my life. Um, like, it has to be, like, top three. Like, I met you two days after the Warriors-Cavs 3-1, and then 
this one, oh, I was just so happy. Um, <laughs> and the funniest thing was that we were deprived of shaming Houston losing to OKC and Lou Dort. Um, but we got Dorcher. something the 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 Dorcher Chamber. Um, <laughs> but we got something I could have never dreamed of. And we were on the PG hate train just really early on. Um, and I had to just like affirm my feelings in person. So my roommate and I went to a Sixers Clippers game right before the pandemic started. And Paul George went three of 15 for 11 points. And I was just so happy. I was, was like, yes. Was that the game where he was like, help, help, damn it, when he was defending Shake Milton? Yes, that was, <laughs> that, was that game. And I was just like, man, this is amazing. Also, that same night, I was in Dr. J's suite, which was really Ooh. cool. Um, but realistically, I was there to watch the Paul George agenda continue to be true. Oh, man. Yeah, my hate with Paul George, it was always like a rumbling in NBA Twitter whenever like someone starts looking good. It's like, ooh, can, with the eyes emojis, like, ooh, can this person be a Dark Horse MVP candidate? And every year when Paul George decides to put together five straight games of scoring 20 points a game or something, and the Pacers go on like a little winning streak, it was always Paul George's name, Dark Horse MVP candidate. I didn't make much news or noise out of it, but the minute he called himself playoff P and got clamped, and then the media reaction was, oh, Paul George, like his shoulders were hurt, man. He got ice ta taped up on his shoulders. And I'm like, Dude was bricking everything, and you're just blaming it on injury. Like, at a point, he's just bad. And the same story happened the next year with Dame Time. Yeah. And he got clamped, and people are saying, like, ah, oh, Paul George is injured, and this was his third-place MVP year. And I'm like, well, he was a third-place MVP, so I wouldn't want to use this injury excuse. And at a point, like, if you're always injured, that's just you as a player. And right. you should be ranked lower. No doubt. He made a documentary of his decision for OKC <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And it was a three-part documentary that pretty much said, yeah, I'm staying in OKC. I'm like, I hate you so much. <laughs> and, I, and the fact that he's paid like an A-list player and is always just a B. Like, I'll, I, I'm fine with saying Paul George is an all-star level player, and that's it. Nothing yes. more. He's not mm -hmm. an all-NBA player. He is just no. an all-star level player. Mm. Indeed um so talk about like so just some other fiery takes yeah i mean uh, i'm a dj augustine truther he put in one really good year with the bulls but he's still in the league i think 13 14 years in yeah I, I'm, I'm a fan of these guys i could just get a career like marvin williams was another one of these it's like mm -hmm. you're surprised he's just in the league so long um <laughs> <laughs> another one is uh that, that i've started to adapt recently but i think damian lillard needs more criticism i love damian lillard i love his shot he's icy but if we want to start giving this guy mvp consideration and like superstardom top five player type stuff he can't get away with all these postseason failures at a point you got to criticize him more that's yeah. all i gotta say like i i love dame but he can't he can't be free of blame for everything yeah like that <laughs> i mean nothing could be more transparent than like the 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 rise in the uh maybe maybe dame could do what steph could do then when the 2019 
like uh, Western Conference Finals happened and there wasn't a KD and the Warriors still beat the brakes off of Portland. Uh, I mean, like, I was like, oh, yeah, Dame's not Steph, not even close to Steph. And he I mean, he shoots it from pretty far away, you know. Yeah. He, you know, he he ended a he ended a franchise. They, he sent he sent one franchise straight into rebuild mode with like a forty footer at the buzzer. But that's that's completely true. He got Dwight then, Howard out of forget Houston. the rocket shot too. Yeah, he he got Dwight Howard out of Houston with a game winning three. Those can those things can all be true. But I will say this: there is a guy who hit a lot of game winners before, and his name's Ray Allen. Ray Allen's not you know up there he was a very good player but was he like top five no maybe in like oh six i don't even know like his best years like he's always like an all nba caliber yeah and that's fine like there's nothing wrong with being that you know but to say that he i mean we got to give him more respect he should be an mvp he got to win like we he got the moments but when like when it's not a close game when his team doesn't keep him in it or he keep, keeps himself in it, it, it it's it's dark times yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like I, I always disclaim like i love dame but like we can't give him the love he wants without giving him the criticism he deserves true no doubt about it but yeah i what an what a great talk like this is the first time we've talked free like freely no text or tweet DM I don't even think I have your tonight. number. That's the funniest thing. Too. No, yeah, no. It's been <laughs> we gra- we gradually upgraded from like uh Twitter DM like Twitter DMs in the timeline to like Instagram DMs and then Discord chat. And that <laughs> that we've gotten to this point. But man, I want to say thank you. Thank you for coming on. It was a blast. Uh had a really great time. Yeah, man. This was super fun. Thanks for having me on and awesome. It was it was like a really good catch up with you too. Um, yeah but yeah definitely like we'll keep each other in in the loop in the twitter in the twitterverse no doubt but yeah thank you all for tuning in i hope you all you know have a great day weekend whenever you're listening to this please stay safe wear a mask if you need to go somewhere and i'll be back at some point in time might take a little break from the pod you know because i deserve it you know what i'm saying and you know stay safe and i'll catch you all next time.